Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over yesterday's slate for a little bit. Review it, right? If you were contrarian yesterday, you probably did well. If you played the chalk, you died, you died, you died. You went down with the ship. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, today's game. Uh, we we got a got 15 games. We got all all the teams playing today. Let's say uh, I don't think there's any weather concerns, so I don't even think we have to worry about that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We talk about DFS strategy on this show, not picks, not plays, right? Not locks, not locks of the day, things like that. So if you have any questions about DFS strategy. Post them in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Daniel Hutchins, Jerome Lewis, Michael Dampier, Hog Lawrence, Frederick Dute, Card Fan, Brandon McNeil, Chandler Cannon, Sal Caro, EOW2389. It's his, I don't know. I guess that's his license plate. I don't know. Uh, GR Saseda 12. Uh, hit that thumbs up button, as always. Thumbs up. Give me the thumb thumbs. I got, I don't, the thummy thumbs. I don't got any apple juice. I'm out of apple juice. I just got uh, my normal Propel peach water. Peach? No, it's Mandarin Orange. Mandarin Orange today. So keep it cold. Hit the thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Yesterday was, uh, well, if you played the chalk yesterday, you'd, you'd lost. You lost. You lost. Uh, the Padres, uh, the, the Padres-Rockies game was one of like the highest totals of the season. And uh, I, guess, uh, I guess Austin Gomber is the real deal. Right, if you play, if you play Gomber instead of the Chalk Padres, you probably did very well. We have Tatis with a zero at twenty nine percent ownership on DraftKings. They were more owned on FanDuel. Machado zero twenty percent owned. Grissom, oh well, well, Grissom hit a home run. This, these are these are not okay. This is not updated for the last. Yeah, Grissom hit a home run right right at the end. Fam had a double, so he has more than three. Okay, so I guess this this has not been completely updated. So I guess Grissom got there right at 18%. But uh, pitcher-wise, Glasnow came out after 53 pitches, apparently with some type of some type of arm wrist issue or something. He was he was wobbling it during the, his last inning or whatever. And then up, 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 uh-oh. Not even qualifying for the win or anything, 14 points. Lance Lynn uh, gave up some shots, but, uh, I mean, he got enough strikeouts that he got 18 so those are the two highest owned pitchers. Let me let me get just the pitchers up here. Wainwright was popular, 17. I mean, I don't think any none of these pitchers, even Gomber, 21.95, because he didn't have that many strikeouts. Same for Peterson. Peterson came out early also. I think he came out at sixth inning after like 70 or something pitches. So if we take a look at pitching, pitching was bad. Pitching was pretty bad. As long as Evaldi, 20. Okay. But I mean, as long as you got, I think, I mean, you could have won with 30 something point, 32 points total out of your pitching, right? Alex Wood, 11.5. I mean, that isn't very well, but I mean, in comparison to some of these other pitchers, Manaya only at seven points, Lamette nine, Boyd six, Manoa had a decent game, 18. I mean, nothing that really stands out, right? Keller, Keller was owned as an SP2 on, uh, on DraftKings, uh, weird i guess i against the tigers people like picking on the tigers and then uh the tigers uh to blow you up we can see here across the board like fj board got a little bit off the board on on pitching in a lot of his lineups but for the most part as we as we normally see 
I think even I slew for you. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a lot of John Lester. Wow. Okay. John Lester, 8%. Who's who's even Bobby? Who's Bob? Who's Bailey Falter? What happened to Bailey? Who's was that a, like a long reliever? 8% Bailey Falter. I don't even know what team he's on. What team is Bailey Falter? Is he on the Rangers? From the Phillies. Who did the Phillies start yesterday? I thought Spencer Howard started. I have no idea. I thought Spencer Howard started. Well, I mean, I don't know. He is 8% Bailey Falter. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. CSV error? I have no idea. Uh, Gutierrez had a decent game, even though I played them. I played Milwaukee against him. Maeda was horrible in the first inning, good in the second inning, and then died. Right? So he ended up with one point. But really, you didn't you didn't you didn't have to get many points out of your uh your pitching spots. And stacks, I mean, other than I think the Tigers, the Reds, and the and the and the the Devil Ra- and the Devil Rays, are they still called the Devil Rays? No, the Rays. Like because the Rays had three home runs. So if you got like Meadows or Rosarina and Lowe, like that, that was like good enough for your stack. But like not, nothing really went off yesterday. I mean, the scoring was low. I mean, with the in comparison to days on Sunday. You needed like 7 million points in order to cash. Yesterday, it's like, dude, the cash line was like 72 points. Because that's what happens when the chalk fails. And the day before is that's what happens when all the, the chalk goes nuclear. But we take a look at, if we get rid of the pitcher's ownership right here. As usual, I mean, I know a Ahabro and a Slewfoot had a little bit more of the Padres than, than the field. But it's not like, it's not like, uh, like most sharp players like faded the Padres. Maybe not as owned, right? So, I mean, 15, 26, 25, 14, 17, 19. So, it's not like the X button type of thing. Like, cores is going to be popular. Let me X them out. It's plenty of them. Same for the Rockies, like Ryan McMahon. Okay, across the board. I mean, it's not significantly. I mean, you see yellow here, which means it's going to be under. But a lot of sharp players had Pirates because <coughs> they were cheap against Lester, right? People like picking on Lester. But they didn't really get there. I mean, who got who got who got really got there on the pirates? Like that stack didn't get no st- not really many stacks got there. Right? Like the Blue Jays, like the Blue Jays stack didn't get. Oh yeah, Vlad hit a home run. Great. Uh, but what else? What else is new? Or the Indians. Like Jose Ramirez, 14 points. Okay, well, how about else? I mean, we take a look down on the fantasy points column. Like, like not many people scored that many points. I mean, the Royals were decent, I guess, but the Reds, the Reds were the main one because they they had the Aquino, they had a couple of Vado home run. India had a good game, had a big game with some stolen bases. Right, Schwarber. Okay, Schwarber one off. Okay, we got twenty four percent over here. Squirrel Patrol. Schwarber, India fourteen, Verdugo. I mean, whatever. Yelich is only three percent owned on DraftKings. Wow, surprised. I mean, I played on FanDuel yesterday. He was a little bit more. He was like 10% owned on FanDuel. Patrick Wisdom, no no one owned him, right? Some Cubs, some Cubs down here. So, oh, Tigers. Oh, it's, it's a, a decent amount of Tigers from some sharper players. Right, against Keller, right? It makes more sense on draft. See, the Tigers made more sense on DraftKings due to Keller's ownership. It's not like Keller was that owned, but 13% is better than nothing. Like on FanDuel, Tigers weren't as 
as valuable from a from a relative value standpoint. I always I always make that distinction that uh, a team that is slightly lower projected, that is slightly under owned, is more valuable the more owned the opposing pitcher is because you get this the better that they do that you you get to skip more of the field. Right. I hope, I hope you understand that concept. And that's why in FanDuel, it's kind of hard to play those leverage stacks unless you're stacking against like the best pitchers on the slate. So on FanDuel, it's like uh, Glasnow, Lynn, Wainwright. It was pretty much like the chalk. So yeah, Tampa Bay, I guess you could have. Right. But I mean, like on a 13 game slate, you have so many other options. I, I, I mean, I played the Phillies at like 2% ownership yesterday. Did I need to stack against glass now or something? No, I don't need to. I already have a 2% owned stack that I could find. That's not against the better pitcher, but on DraftKings, where you have to play two pitchers, you're going to see, you know, there's going to be some ownership. I played the, the Diamondbacks against Wood. Play the, play the Tigers against Keller. Or hell, play the, play the Marlins against Wainwright. Doesn't mean it's the best play. I'm just saying that you get you get more value out of what they're current. You get more you get more relative value. So when you take a look at like projections and ownership, take that into account. So if you see like okay, the Marlins project not great, right towards the bottom, uh, but they're also not going they're, they're not they're they're not going to be that owned also. And you're like, well. If the Marlins do well, I get to knock out like 27% of the field at the same time. Well, that's much more valuable than playing, let's say, uh, I mean, like a Philly stack against Gonsolin, right? Like something like that. Like, well, no one owns him. Like if if, if the Marlins and the Phillies, for whatever reason, they weren't, they were projected to be about the same. If I go to the stack projections, for instance, let's, let's look at FanDuel for today, just based on the current bat projections as of now. So we go by just sort by points, whatever. The Padres are way up. I mean, this is going to be stupid. I mean, look, look, look at the difference right now between the ceilings. The Padres right now, through the bat projections, have a 20, almost, almost 21 point ceiling difference between the next team, which is the Rockies. That's wild. Right, because they probably have a seven total or something against Chi Chi Rodriguez. Let's see, what is the, what is their total in the game? Yeah, 7.06. Yeah, okay. You take a look at this. But I'm talking about like on the bottom in this middle range or something like that. Like you look, it shows all the starting pitchers here. So let's say like uh, we could take a look who may be popular or something. Like Mike Miner maybe be popular today. Let's see. Let's take a look at FanDuel. What do we have as, yeah, Mike Miner is going to most likely be the highest Highest on pitcher. It's not that great of a pitching slate. So on FanDuel, Mike Miner, if he's going to be 23% owned, the Tigers actually rate out to be a good point per dollar. They're they're right in the middle, right? They're right in the middle here. So like if you had to choose, if you had to if you had to choose, choose, you can only play one. And you're like, do I play the Tigers against Miner or uh let's say a similar, a similarly priced team, like maybe the Mariners against Hap, right? And this is on FanDuel. So I'm showing you this. So the Tigers project slightly lower, like slightly, right? I mean, not even a point, right? The Mariners, I mean, who cares about the point per dollar value? But like when you play the Mariners, it's like no one, no one, no one's rostering J.A. Hap, right? 
You go up here in like Kansas City. For instance, here, how about Kansas City? Kansas City rates out really well in the bat on FanDuel. Point per dollar and ceiling, right? 90, 90 point ceiling. Good point per dollar, right? Up here. The Tigers are only like two points lower. That's it. Only two points. A run scored. A walk. That's it. That's the only difference between the two. But Casey Mize is, I mean, who's playing Casey Mize today? Is Casey Mize being owned? No, nothing, right? So if Mike Miner is owned and you had the choice, you had to choose between the two, the Royals and the Tigers, it's from a how to win first place perspective, the Tigers would be more valuable to you. Because when the, when the Mariners do well, when the Royals do well, the Royals put up 10 runs. It's like, well, how many Casey Mize lineups are there in your contest? Barely any, right? But when the Tigers do well, 20, whatever, 23% of the lineups are now falling while you're rising. That, that's what's called relative value. So it'd be more beneficial to play the Tigers against Miner than you would to play the Royals against Mize. So you could take a look here, like Taiwan Walker against the Cubs. Castillo against Milwaukee, Corbin, the Pirates against Corbin. So you take a look at these teams, right? Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, uh, Cubs, Pirates, Brewers, Cubs, Tigers. So we take a look, Pirates, Pirates, where's the Pirates? Pittsburgh. Oh, well, okay, they're, they're decently up here. No, where, no, 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 it's the Phillies. Where are the Pirates? Okay, they're down here. Okay, now the Pirates are down here. The Brewers... Where are the Brewers? I can never find these teams. Okay, the Brewers are over here. Brewers are the same range. Who else do we have? The Cubs? The Cubs are a little bit up over here. 88. Okay, a little bit much uh, four-point difference, something like that. So if you're going to play a team in this range, in this ownership, like him to go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Tampa Bay or something against Keuchel or the Giants against Corbin Martin. Or the Marlins against Kim or Arizona against Sam Long or whoever. It's like it would be so much at the similar projection, it would be so much better to take a similar, I mean, that similarly projected team, probably similarly owned, and at least apply leverage on one of the starting pitchers. I'm talking for FanDuel, like Trevor Rogers is going to be owned, like that's St. Louis Cardinals. You'd rather play the Cardinals over. I mean, definitely over like the Orioles, right? They project better and you're getting, you're applying more leverage than no one's playing Quantrill on FanDuel. They're not playing them on DraftKings either. People think too much in, 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 a, in, a, in a bubble. Well, who's going to do well? I'm going to play those teams. And it's like, well, no, your, your goal is how, how do I position my, myself to make it more probable for me to win first place? It's also more probable for you to end up in last place also. Right? That's the whole point of GPPs. Add variance to your lineups. That's why I understand the, tig- the Tigers against Keller yesterday. I mean, K- Keller wasn't that owned. But still more owned than other, other SP2s on DraftKings. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh. Danny Lewis. Danny, uh, you new here? Da- Mr. Danny Lewis. Danny Lewis is here. I'm a 31-year-old roto player, Bill James days. Okay. When going through when going through the slate, what bases do you determine what 
your best plays. Well, number one, there aren't there aren't plays. It's only lineups to concentrate upon. And people are okay. People are already answering. All you have to do is you don't have to look at anything. I'm literally showing you. I mean, I'm I'm literally like this is this is this is how I this is how I play. This is how, this is how most good DFS players play. My projection system, which I use the bat from Derek Carden, right here at Roto Grinders, it already it already does all the stuff for me. All the stuff about baseball is already in the numbers. It's already put in there. It's already given me a range of outcomes. It's already doing all that. Matchups, ballparks, launch angles, whatever. Whatever's in there. Anything that's relevant and predictive is already going to be in these numbers. So once I have these numbers, it's just a matter of solving math problems versus the, the unknown variable of what your opponents are going to do. That's the big thing of predicting what your opponents are going to do. And building better lineups than than the field will be. As many as you can. From an expected value standpoint. That's it. So it's about lineups. You could build any any lineup you want. You could play, you could play a lineup with any of these stacks. Any of them. Literally, this what 30 on today's slate. You could probably build. Let, let, let's do that as an experiment, just to show. Okay. Let's run that. Let's do FanDuel. Make it easy. Do FanDuel. Let's do DraftKings to make it easy. Let's. Well, I already have the stack projections up for FanDuel. Let's do FanDuel. Okay. So I'm going. I'm. I'm not. I don't necessarily play 4x, but let's let's do 4x just to show like this. Just a stack, a four-man stack. Okay. I'm gonna do 100%. I'm gonna use one unique. I'm gonna like really. Like you could use, you know, 33 to 35. It's probably going to fill it all. Let's see. Uh, how many teams do we have on today's slate? Let's, uh, how many, we have 30 teams. I'm going to try to build 30. Can I, I don't know. Can I get it to that? I'll have to give it a little bit more. Because you'll see what I'm going to do. Okay. Let's build 50 lineups. Make it quick. Okay. So we have 30 teams. Let's probably make 60, right? 30 teams, like 3% of each, 3.3%, four, three, yeah, like 3%, three times 30, three, four. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to, see, this is what I'm going to do just as an experiment, okay? So we're doing 4X, which means it's just four one-offs. Not saying you should build those types of lineups necessarily with only one team correlation, but let's say we put in primary stacks three. Can we, can, can we do... Can we, oh, okay, I can, no, I don't think we could do, uh, never tried to do decimal points. Let's do threes. So I'm trying, I'm forcing the, the builder to give me at least one of literally every four man, the best four man stack on any team. Okay. And whatever pitchers, right? We got whatever pitchers, it doesn't matter. Salary doesn't matter, whatever. Okay. So we built 60 lineups to get something because like i said i said you you could probably build a lineup with a four-man stack of any team on the entire slate and that lineup would probably be plus ev for some type of contest not necessarily the contest that you're playing but for some type of contest 
Okay. Cause we have ownership here. I mean, if we just let's go, let's base it on the projected ownership as of like, like 10 o'clock in the morning, which I don't necessarily could change. Okay. Okay. So we're getting a lot, obviously a lot of, a lot of one-offs or I'm getting a lot. I'm going to just go a lot of Padres. Why is it, why is it not going by my maxes? Let's see. How did I screw this up? Primary stack max. Primary stack four. This should do it. Or it's just, it's not, I can't, it's not giving it to me. Let's see. T max exposures by tax type. Let's, I never use it in this way. It should give me one. Do, 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 do. This four one, this, this should do it. I'm just trying to see what the best stack of every team is. This is going to try to give me all the Padres. I mean, the Padres projection is just ridiculous. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous yesterday also. It's actually more ridiculous today. Let me go through the YouTube chat while this is going. Do, 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 do. Uh, okay, everyone's talking amongst themselves. Sal Correo, does 5-3 have much more upside than 4-4 and DK? Does it depend lineups. It's lineups, not players. Okay, do we do we do we get it? No, we, we're still getting a lot of Padres. Padres. Why am I getting okay? Am, are, are we getting multiple teams? Am I I mean obviously I'm gonna see Padres in most of my lineups. Doesn't seem like I'm getting like every team or something. Okay, I guess I, I guess I, I just a lot of them are going to be at the bottom. Okay, okay. So let's let's look at stack summary. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm getting a good selection of four four hitter stacks. Okay. So obviously San Diego is going to be like we go to San Diego stacks. Right. Here's the projection: one fifty point seventeen, one thirty five ownership. Okay. So remember that 150, 135. Let's go to KC. 147, 144. I mean, this is a 4-4, obviously, with, with four, four, uh, four Padres in it. So here, 147, 144. So you get, you're dropping three points in projection. You're gaining a little bit in ownership. Okay, that's, let's go to Boston. 146, 116. Okay, you're dropping about four points and you're gaining uh, maybe 30, 40 in, in ownership. So there, here's a Boston lineup, Colorado lineup, similar 146 and you're dropping to 99. Okay, that's a good lineup. Washington, 146, 150. Okay, so you're still, you're not giving up that much projection for Washington. Obviously, you're pairing a lot of this with the Padres anyway. Philadelphia, 144.99. Okay, so this isn't bad. Cleveland, 144.133. Okay. Probably the other one is a little bit better than this, but still here you go with the Cleveland lineup, a Yankee lineup. 144.122. Okay, this is doable. Mariners lineup, 143.135. Minnesota, 143.82. Okay, this doesn't look that bad at all. So you play Minnesota, this lineup. Other Minnesota lineups may not be as good, right? May not be as good. So 143. Detroit, 143, 127. Okay. 
Cincinnati, 142-128. Still in the same similar range. About seven points in projection and similar ownership. Dodgers, 142-128. Mets, 141-113. So we're going to start getting lower. Cardinals, 141-98. Oakland, 141-129. Maybe not as good as the the Cardinals one, because Oakland may be a little bit more owned. Miami, 140-124. Cubs, 140-101. Atlanta, 140-109. Toronto, 139-113. San Francisco, 139-127. Milwaukee, 139-133. Baltimore, 139-126. Arizona, 136-113. So Arizona's, now we're starting to get off off the beat now. Now we're giving up a lot more projection. But based on the ownership here, large field, probably large field only, maybe not not in the smaller fields. Astros, 138-129. Angels, 138-80. And the Rangers, 120. Here, here's the Rangers. 126.76. So you're giving up like 24 points in projection, but I mean, you're getting a lot of ownership here. So maybe this lineup could be good for like the largest fields. You're giving up a lot of projection, you're giving up more than a home runs worth of projection, but you're getting, you're getting like 50 points lower ownership. Obviously you're still playing Machado and Tatis in the lineup. This is what I, this is what I mean by lineups, not players. Like you could play the Rangers, right? But if you didn't play Machado or Tatis, your 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 projection is going to go down even more. But since the Rangers are only going to be what one percent owned, who cares that you're playing two like thirty percent owned guys? Right, you already have enough leverage with your stack. And I, Jock Peterson won off at one percent, right? So this would be a large field lineup. But would it be the best large field lineup? Well, who knows? Probably make better ones that aren't the Rangers. But look, I made I made I made stacks with. With all the teams, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, nearly all the teams, twenty-eight teams, twenty-seven teams, and you see the differences between the lineups from a projection and ownership standpoint. They're not much, not much different. A couple of points, and in baseball, there's such high variance. A couple of points doesn't matter that much. NBA, it matters more. It's more projectable. It's more linear. So yes, a lot a lot of your lower owned stacks are going to have like San Diego one-offs, right? That's the only way to keep the projection up. You're gaining your leverage. You're gaining your ownership, the relative value in your lineup with your stack. But if you're going to play a chalk, if you're going to play chalky chalk chalkerson and everything, you're like, then you have to, then you can't play the Padres anymore. So that's what I mean. I mean I'm. This is so you can play any team you want. You want to play Cincinnati? Here you go. Here's a 4 4. Corbin, Tatis Grissom, Fan Machado, Aquino, Suarez, India Vado. Done. Spends all the salary, 142.97 at 128 ownership. And look, and, and then you got 2%, 2%, 3%, 2%. I mean, this, this Cincinnati stack as a whole is like what? Based on our projected ownership, 2% owned. You're good. You're done. This lineup's fine. Now, let's say you cross out. Let's say, let's say we make it. Okay. What I'm going to do here, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it as uh, four. I'm going to do four, three. Basically, we're going to do a four, three, one type stacks. 
Okay, we got all these teams in here. And I'm going to limit it now so that the Padres can only be one-offs. So I can easily, it's, I can make a group like that. I could do that. So if I do this, like who's in the, let's move that over there so I can see two screens. Who's in their lineup? I could probably go to team player groups, right? I rarely use them. Team player groups. Create team groups. Where's Padres? Padres. Players to use max one. Okay. So I'm just doing this just to say build lineups, but no, no Padre stacks at all. So I could build four, three with two different teams. And then obviously I'll probably get like a Machado one-off. I'll get a Tatis one-off. Like I'll get them as one-offs, but not as a stack. So four, three, one on FanDuel. Let's, let's see what comes out there. And try to get as many of the teams as possible, just to compare the teams to lineups. Okay, this may take a little bit. Okay, now it's built. Danny Lewis, do you run a prelim to see what the best stacks are every day? Then move forward. Yes, I already. I, I could. I see it on one page. I could look at this. I mean, done. Padres, Rockies, Red Sox, Nationals, India. I mean, it's it's all in the projections already. Obviously, the starting lineups aren't in because obviously this guy, Tatis is not in the lineup for the Padres. Obviously, their projections are going to go down, right? Umpire assignments, uh, weather, whatever. I mean, stuff changes. Obviously, the starting lineups, you know. Like once you take out Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz from the Twins starting lineup, obviously their projections are going to go down, right? So this is just based on the projected lineups. But yeah, that's it. That's all I do. It's already done for me. It's all done. I mean, I could create something like this myself. I could build my own model. It'll take it'll take me five plus years to get it even remotely as close as what Cardi could do. And probably I still don't get there. So why, why, why am I bothering to do it myself? Let's see. Michael Dampier asking in stacks interface, do you check the use running exposure percentages when building? That's that's if you're having problems with uh, getting uh, a diversification. If you're running, that's more useful. Uh, where is it? In the build rules. That running exposure percentage when building is that like if you're setting, let's say you set a pitcher for a max exposure of 50% or, or 40%. So when it builds the first, like, and you're building 100 lineups. So when you build the first lineup, you technically have 100% exposure of all the players in that lineup because it hasn't built the other 99 lineups yet. So it's going to look at that and go, oh, well, I have too much of these guys. So your next lineup may not have any of those players in it, right? And then you have an 8v8 or whatever, and now you have 50% exposure to both those players. So it kind of runs. So uh, if, if you're playing a 150 set, like a straight 150 set or whatever, whatever amount of lineups you're playing, you're putting into all your contests, there's almost no need for it, right? It doesn't, the order in which the lineups come out don't matter because they're all going to everything anyway. But if you're running all uniques, something that I do, so like I'm going to play 20 in the 20 max and then a separate 60 in the 150 max and then a $44 entry and then this. So like typically I I order it by by field size 
like using run, you could use running exposure percentages. So you don't have like all, all of your exposure to like one guy in only certain contests. Because what'll end up happening is it'll sort by, it'll give you more higher fantasy points towards the top. And like your contrarian pitchers are all be at the bottom and they'll all end up being in that, you know, $3 20 max. And you're like, Oh, I did. I got 34 points out of Anthony Disclafani. And it's like, and I have, and I have 10% of them. Yeah, but all 10, 10 out of the 100 lineups are in the 20 max, right? It's not even in like the $5 to $18 bat flip or anything else because, yeah, you got 10%, but his projection's obviously lower. It's going to be towards the bottom, and he didn't run running exposure percentages, so it's going to just throw them all at the bottom. But like I said, if you're, if you're putting all of your lineups in any in the contest that you're playing, there's, there's no need for this, right? I guess yeah, you could. Maybe it'll give you a little bit more diversification. It shouldn't. It's going to try to give you the whatever exposures you have. So I don't think it's going to matter that much. Okay, let's go to my lineups. Okay, so what do we do? We 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 took out. Okay, so there we go. So now the Padres are only one-offs. And we can see here the difference between playing the Padres as one-offs and playing the Padres as part of a stack is like you're giving up like at least nine point projection which is fine in large fit you're, you're fine okay so now we have basically a rod uh four-man rockies three-man red Sox. you can see the combos here right you can see all the combos here all the stack summaries right we're trying to trying to get a bunch of everyone okay so let's take a look at the best this is three or four man colorado we got it up here 141 at 59, like now, because you're only playing the Padres as one-offs, this ownership, I mean, look, you're giving up nine points in projection and look how much ownership you're getting. I mean, you're getting a ton. Like this is, this these, these are GPP lineups. This is what, these are the lineups that you're playing, right? I mean, look at this ownership. Yeah, you can, you can play a Chalky Tetis as a one-off in it. Yeah, why not? Here's a Dodgers one. 138. I mean, we could just even go by by just total fantasy points. 141 at 59. 138 at 81. 138 at 56. So like, okay. Here's the lesson. This is what I mean by lineups, not players. If you had a choice between playing this lineup up here or this lineup down here, assuming that projected ownership is accurate, assuming that obviously the projections are accurate, like this, this lineup 16 over here is way better than lineup 18. Lineup 18 projects for point, 0.57 more. But the difference is 81 cumulative ownership to 56. So this lineup would be better. Be high, higher expected value. Did, and when I say this, did I mention any single player in this lineup? No. I didn't say, well, I lost that. This is a Dodgers stat. This is Dodgers four, Twins three, Tatis one off. This is Twins four, Red Sox three, Tatis one off, both with Corbin in it. But it's not like, you know, well, Turner versus Donaldson. I don't care. That's what the numbers are there for. I was able to assemble a lineup that, only gave up this much and gained that much ownership. Can you take a look at the lineup above it? Right? 141.05. So this lineup has a 
nearly a, a point and a half, two, no, two and a half point higher projection and lower ownership. So why the hell would you be playing the second lineup? You play the second lineup if that's the, if, if you can't find any, if you're playing a hundred lineups and you're looking for as many of these lineups over those lineups. Maybe you, you only find 15 like this and this is a 16th and you go, okay, I don't mind playing this next. But that's what you're doing. You're looking at the math. So you go scroll down here. You got 138.02, 137.96 at 50. Okay. 137.8 at 64 with some Phillies in here. 137.68 at 89. It seems like maybe the Dodgers are going to be a little over owned. Maybe. That, that, yeah, I guess Betts and Turner. Betts and Turner don't project well enough take a look at the stack projections here from a point per dollar perspective like ceiling they're fine but from a point per dollar perspective they're a little bit lacking right that's why they're not showing up as much that's why the reds aren't probably showing up as much point per dollar wise so it's most likely dodgers lineups are are le- based on the projections now don't you know don't listen 6 30 today i mean who knows what changes ownership changes everything changes but just based on this, it just seems like Betts and Turner, they have a good raw points, but they carry more ownership than other players that can give you a lineup with as much of a projection just at lower ownership, right? But there could be certain lines. Here's a 74 with the Dodgers. Here's an 80 with the Indians, right? Here's a Mike Minor lineup, 114. So maybe not, not so much. With Trey Turner, Soto, I guess the Nationals are going to be owned. 83 down here, 55, 55. Here's one. Rockies, Red Sox. When you're playing the Red Sox, you're not playing Devers or Bogarts or any of those guys. You're playing these other Red Sox. Obviously, JD. And you're spending only 34000 right? You're not even spending the whole salary. 63. 82. Here's 109. See, now you get, you're giving up, you're playing a four-man Braves, three-man Indians, and Tatis one-off with Corbin. It's like, I'm giving up projection and not really gaining. That's why I'm 109. Eh. 73. Here, 35. Right? Looks the same. Oh, oh, it's another Rockies Red Sox stack with Harper. Like, that looks like a reasonable lineup. I mean, the projection is not that much different from the ones above it, but look at the ownership, like garbage. You get Devers, Martinez, Renfro, that's fine, two, three, five. Crone, McMahon, Story, Blackman, Harper, Corbin, you're spending, you're leaving 900 on the table. Looks like a perfectly fine lineup. There you go. There's a lineup. There's this is, this is a large field lineup. Look how much ownership you're getting for the projection that you're getting. It's only, what, four or five points lower than the top. You're getting even more. I mean, the, the ones that have uh, ownership sums in the hundreds, like you just throw out. You could play them, but they're higher EV lineups that you could be playing. And once you once you find these types of lineups to play, then it just comes down to diversification, right? How much of the red side, how much of Hunter Renfro do you want to play? How much risk? It's like, yes, you know, that, you know, the, Plus EV, but plus EV to what point? Right? 
Like, let's say you have a die, like you're rolling a die, you have to guess a number, and it's a 20-sided die, and you're getting 40 to 1 odds. Like, that's plus EV. I definitely want to bet on bet with that. And then you have a 500,000-sided die that you get a billion to 1. Like, obviously, that's obviously much higher EV, much, much higher EV. But you're only going to be right one out of 500,000 times. So it's like, yes, that is that is much, much higher EV, but do you have do you have the bankroll size to be betting on those? How much of your portfolio should be in those bets versus in the bets where you're getting, you know, twice, twice the uh, the expected value of, of the actual bet? A 20 a 40 to one shot, uh, a, tw- a 40 to one payout on a 20 to one shot versus a billion to one payout on a 500,000 to one shot. You had to have a hundred bets. You could only place a hundred bets. Like if, if we lived for infinity and you had infinity bankroll and infinity money, you can do it as many times as you want. Obviously you put all hundred on the, on the 500,000 sided die, getting a billion to one. But that uh, we, 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 our lives are finite, right? Our money is finite. Maybe, maybe you put five. Maybe, maybe decide and 95 on the other one, on the 20 sided die, right? That's really what diversification is. So, yes, you could play. I'm going to play Ranger stacks. And if you're going to play 20 lineups, let's say a lot of people play 20 max. Like, you could play 20 off the board, really screwed up lineups that have hot, massive EVs, but they, they, they win once in a blue moon. And as long as you as long as you're able to play like for I don't know 50 or 85 years of DFS, they'll be profitable <laughs> over that long of a sample size, playing lineups that you know win one in every God knows how long. But when they win, they win the whole goddamn thing, right? They just don't win that often, or a cash even that often, or nothing. Do you want to play a hundred of them? And do you want to play 20 of them in 20 minutes? Well, if, if, if you're playing 0.001% of your bankroll, sure, you can. then now you can. If you're playing 5% of your bankroll, maybe maybe you shouldn't be playing 20 of the most the volatile, high-variance lineups that you possibly can, unless, unless you're you know, Jeff Bezos or something. So that's when it comes, that's when diversification comes in. That's risk management. That has nothing to do with what lineups are better. I keep coming back to this. I say this, I say this in the course, theoryofdfs.com. You could pick it up there. Lineups, not players. I did not mention anything about any single player in doing any of this. I didn't mention like, oh, he's gonna hit. Oh, it's Martinez against the lefty. It's already factored in. 13.1 is his median. That's all I need to know. And five percent ownership. The name, the name, you could hide the names. I don't care. I'm just putting together lineups based on projection and ownership and the contest that you're playing. And I want to have more. I want to have lineups that are more. I want, I want, if we take a look at this first example, right? Or the difference between this lineup and that lineup. Like I want to have more of these lineups while the field has more of these lineups. Like that's, that's what you're doing. Doesn't, a good, another good player may have built, oh, 
another good player may have said, oh, I'm going to build a lineup with a 138.59 ownership uh, projection and 81 ownership. I think that's good. I'm going to put it in. I'm putting in a lineup that's similarly projected with even more relative value. And then my opponents are like, oh, I'm putting, they're putting in a lineup, you know, with, uh, you know, some uh, 114 ownership, some in a lower projection, like, thank you. And this may still be a good lineup. It's all relative to your opponents, the field. And that's why in large field tournaments, there's a lot of bad lineups. When you play the smaller field, when you play the sharper contests, you may not find that those bottom 20% lineups. And when I mean bottom 20%, it's for, from a first place equity standpoint, not, not a cashing standpoint. People, pl- people, there will be people today on FanDuel on their large field GPP that will be playing some of the lineups that I first sprung out, right? These four-man Machado, Tatis, Fam Grissom type lineups, chalk pitcher, you know, that type of lineup with a high, like one fi- with a 150 projection and like 170 ownership. Like, like th- that's a bad lineup. For that, for that contest, for a large field contest like that on FanDuel, that's a bad lineup. Little first place equity. But it projects better. Okay, so you have no relative, limited relative value in the lineup. If we ran this out 10,000 times, you're going to lose money playing that lineup. Me, I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the lineup with, with the, a third of the ownership, right? A third of the ownership down here or something like that. Yes, I'm going to win less often, but when, when I win, I'm going to win $30,000, $10,000, So we ran it out 10,000 times. This lineup is going to be more profitable than your lineup. That's why I like the large field GPPs because in, in the in smaller field stuff, the sharper players build sharper lineups. So this lineup over here may not have as much first place equity because in relation to the other lineups which are being made by sharper players they're building lineups that are similarly projected and similarly owned right more in that range so that that's what makes them harder they're easier to win because they're smaller so easier is you know you'll win them more often doesn't mean you'll be profitable large field you don't it's hard to win but when you win, it makes up for all your losses, and then you have twice the amount of profit on top of that. But this is lineups, not players. Going through the YouTube chat. I see a hubro is here. Imagine having your own MLB model and obsessing over every aspect of it when the bat is right there. Yeah, that, there, there you go. Frederick Duke asks, uh, I assume the CSV export lists the lineups in whatever order I have the lineup sorted in lineup HQ. Yes. Whatever the sort you have up here, that's what the, the CSV is going to come out. It didn't used to be like that, but I, so I'm part of the lineup HQ team now. That was one thing that I said. I said it has to be. It used to just be fantasy points, no matter what you did. But now, if you want to sort it by ownership, right, total tone, up and down, and then export by that, you could do that too. Obviously, you could save the lineups and then reorder them or something. I mean, you could. Know why take the time to do that? Be good if you wanted to. 
So yeah, so there, there's a there's a good explanation. This is this is this is why like in this example that I went over, as far as looking at lineups, right? This is not something that I need to do. I mean, I could visualize this myself. That's why I, I could I could just look at the stack projection. The Padres are going to be just jammed into everything, and they're going to be high projected. How do I get ownership and move? I mean, I could I've been doing this for a long time. When you hand build, it's easy to see. It's like, well, I'm going to need a shortstop if I don't play Tatis, and then I go, okay. Things come quicker to you. But you can see how, like, not, none of this has to do with baseball. I'm not. I don't care about Raphael Devers. How he's going to? I don't know. I, he's twelve point oh five at nine percent, and he's thirty four hundred, and he's third base eligible. Okay. Does he fit into lineups? I go through all here. His Castillo, we talked about the Reds. Yeah, let me look at a Castellanos lineup. 130, giving up a lot of projection. Goldschmidt, Edmund Arenado, Suarez, Aquino, Winker, Castellanos with Corbin. I guess it's doable. Large field. I mean, 130. It's not one of the better lineups. Right with Castellanos, because they're priced up and the, the Reds have a high ceiling, but their medians aren't very good. They're, they're, they're okay. They're average. But like Aquino at 2,200, yeah, 122, leaving 2,000 on the table. Like, yeah, 59 ownership sum. So you're getting a ton of ownership, but look, look at the, look at the, look at the meaning, 122. We were looking at lineups before that have like 10, 15 points higher projection at same, at the same ownership. So why would I be playing this lineup? It's a worse lineup. Leaves 2,000 on the table, which is fine. Well, the Braves go off for 21. Well, who cares? We're playing every day. You're trying to make decisions, plus EV decisions, and make plus EV lineups every day. Don't worry about the results of what happens and who, what happened. This lineup stands to be less profitable than other lineups. End of story. I mean, just... Play DFS, it's one long game, and as long as you're making better lineups than the field and higher first-place equity, you you win money. Just like in poker. Oh, the flush came out this time. Well, it's the probabilities. Who cares about this one hand? You stop, are you quitting playing poker? You know, that's the last hand ever of poker, ever, on the planet. Like, no. Big ticket MN in 20 and 25 max. Do you still focus on ownership? As- yes, yes. It's the core. Co- These are core concepts of DFS. Your goal is not to play the highest projected lineup from a median standpoint. That doesn't, that's a cash lineup. That's a double up that increases your chances of cashing. If you like cashing at a high rate in GPPs, feel free to play the highest projected lineups. Now, just because you cash at a high rate doesn't mean you can be profitable. You'll get that 1.5 X, I don't know, 40% of the time, right? And it's going to see, oh, okay. And maybe you get a 2X or a 3X here. Oh, it seems like, oh, I'm winning. Oh, I'm close. Oh, I'm winning. Oh, okay, I'm getting there. And you're not coming in last place a lot of times. Then you look at the end of the year, end of the season, it's like, oh, I'm down 8%. How did that happen? So yeah, because that no shit, you barely ever had a shot at winning. All the money's in the top ten spots. 
Top five, top two, top one. That's where you should be aiming. So you can't just play the highest median projected lineup. That's going to be owned. I can't just go in here and just go, okay, let's see. What's the top projected lineup on FanDuel? Corbin, Hoskins, Hernando. I mean, it's it's a stack. Yeah, sure, it's the Padres. But good luck winning, winning a GPP, large field GPP with this. I guess a 2% owner info. I mean, I guess I guess there's this 1% on guys here. What? We got 135 at 150 with just a four-man stack and four one-offs? Or you got a two-man, a four-two-one. I mean, I guess. I guess it could work out. But this exact lineup will also be owned. I mean, like, even the combination will be owned. Because other people use the bat also. So your goal is to find that sweet spot. That's what I do. I try to find a sweet spot between projection and ownership for the contest that you're in. Obviously, I focus more on large field contests. So I'm willing to give up projection to get a ton of ownership, get lower ownership. So I may not even play lineups that have this high. I mean, this may not even be in my pool at all. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to play lineups that are even, maybe I don't want to play a lineup that's over 100. Or 90. Or only, maybe I only want to play some lineups that are around there. And obviously, ownership sum is, is, a, is a flawed, it's not perfect. It's a blunt tool. Ownership product would be a little bit better. And also, you have to realize that really, everyone is kind of correlated in your lineup. Like Zimmerman, Castro, Turner. Like, there's going to be... It's more likely that Castro and Zimmerman are in Turner lineups because of the way people stack in MLB. So it's ownership sum is not like a perfect type of metric. It doesn't take into account correlation or, or roster construction constraints with salary or position. But it's a, it's a broad, blunt way to look at the differences between two lineups from an ownership perspective. Okay, so I hope that helped. I mean, I've shown this before. It's not It's not like this is new. If you watch the pregame shows, you know, you, you'll see this. If you get the course, Theory of DFS. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. I explain all these concepts. If you want nice, nice structured education, as it looks like that my site is down, I guess, or it just takes so long to load, I have no idea what's going on. I guess, I guess, is it down? Where is this? My internet down? My internet can't be down. I'll figure it out. Okay. Oh, loads on your end. Okay. Okay. So I, maybe I'm having, I'm having proxy problems or something. So go to theoryofdfs.com slash masterclass. Oh, the site isn't. Okay. So it's just me then. Okay, good. Good. It's not down. So go there, theoryofdfs.com, pick it up, 15 hours. It explains all of this. If you want, you don't want to have to search through like a million shows that I've done. It's all in one place. Uh, and, and you'll get better, right? So that, that's what I try to do here. Try to teach you. Try to teach you the skills to be a better DFS player. It's not about the picks, not about the plays. Not about anything. It's about it's about the apple juice, actually. I mean, even though I don't have any, that's what I need to get. I need to get apple juice today. I'll probably go out. I'll go out to Kroger and get some apple juice. Because I'm here 
teaching you DFS as I always do, reviewing the MLB slates, going over today's slate. We kind of did a little, a little bit, uh, because I'm here. Mondays through Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern, for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.